We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome back to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the Game Show Podcast, hosted by me, John Baker. And me, Jonathan Motney. Wow, that was very performative Thank you. of you. Yeah, I wanted to give something to our a visual listener, watchers. A visual listener. A visual listener. Do they have uh, synesthesia? Um, you didn't know what that was. I had to educate you on what that was in college. You thought I was lying to you when I introduced you to information. To be fair, you were on a lot of mushrooms at the time. I don't think so because Amy, our friend, was there and she was just hanging out with us and she also thought I was lying to you guys. How about you educate people to an audience that is less judgmental? And how about you tell them what a synesthesia is? It's like a thing where your senses get all fucked up yes. and crossed over and mm-hmm. the wiring gets crossed and somehow you taste colors and you see smells. and yeah. Not somehow, but scientifically you somehow. taste colors and somehow. see smells. All right. So let, answer me this. See smells answer- by the seashore. <laughs> <laughs> what does pink taste like? Tastes like pink Ma- meat. Oh, yeah. Because okay. when you when you go to a restaurant, they say, "How pink do you want this?" Uh-huh. And you go, "Blue." Mm. Ooh, and then you they have know- synesthesia too, waiter. <laughs> You're familiar with my disorder. Yeah. Is it a disorder? I usually call the waiter by their name and not just waiter. You just say like. So you're that guy. I say Mr. Waiter. Okay. I thought, you know how they're like, like, I'm Todd. I'll be serving you today. Uh And then you're that guy in the restaurant that like, later's like, oh, I need a refill. Hey, Todd. Yeah. Todd. Here's what I do though. I throw things at him. And then when he makes eye contact, I go, go, hey, Todd, idiot. Or you flag down another waiter and you're like, yeah, I'm waiting on Todd to get me a drink refill. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, just narking on Todd right. for his poor service. Like, and he's like, I'll be right back. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want you to do it. I want you to tell your supervisor that Todd is not doing it. And then get Todd to do it. Correct. This transaction will end with me getting a drink and somebody crying. Wow. Is that going to be you most often? I mean, (laughs) think about how angry of a person I am if I act like that. Of course I'm going to be crying. (laughs) Yeah. You've got a lot to feel ashamed of. So today we're going to be talking about a game show called, well... It's hard to say. It's hard to say what it's called. It's hard to say. We're going to call it Pyramid. That sounds... Can we call it a... $20 $20 pyramid? We can't call it $20 pyramid because it was never called $20 pyramid. Oh. It was called many things oh. before pyramid. Mm. All dollar amounts, in fact. Okay. and But 20 was not one of them. 20 was not one of them. Okay. No. So this is called pyramid. It was originally called the $10,000 pyramid, so I guess we'll say that. Okay. Originally the $10,000 pyramid. Before we dive too far deeply into this pyramid, pyramid. which has a lot of space underground... Um, we are going to, I'll get into that later. Uh, we're going to have a sponsor, I guess. Uh huh. So you wrote, uh, you sent this over I to me. I sent this because somebody else wrote it and then sent it to me. Okay. And I will go ahead and start cause I have the first line. It, it seems to be, that that's how it always wrote. is. Yeah. It yeah. is weird. Sex is complicated and teaching kids about sex is even more complicated. 
Passing out condoms seems too liberal, but complete abstinence programs unsuccessfully stifle natural feelings and behavior. Our sponsor today, BHBH, has developed a tested program that will keep your kids, specifically boys, mm, mm. from engaging in sexual activity too early. What does BHBH stand for? Bald hair, back hair. Takes nope. the Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't notice that line in the script. Bald head, back hair. Takes the two most powerful and natural sexual deterrents and transforms these young horny boys into young horny boys with bald heads and excessive back hair. Speaking as someone with back hair, it works. If I didn't have a lush full head of hair, I can easily see myself as a 40-year-old virgin doing podcasts with my waifu pillow. And as someone that has thinning hair... Here's the... Th who These fuckers... They think they know me? They asked. They think they know me? Int intimate Listen, details about us. As someone who maybe previously had thinning hair. Oh, that's but right. Is a, but has been on a, a, a proper... Regiment. Regimen, diet, exercise, pills, foams... Suppositories. Etc. Maybe not so thin anymore. So as someone who maybe at one point had thinning hair, I see my wife slowly at that time maybe lost interest in me with each passing day for a little bit. But then she sees my hairless back and the light comes back into her eyes. The BHBH crew shaves your child's head to the skin. They then crimp and kink the hairs to turn them into those weird pube-like back hairs. A healthy amount of hot glue is administered to your child's back. And similar to the feathering scene in Home Alone, a large fan blows all the new hairs onto your child's back. Wow. Vicious. Now, your child is able to act normally, but they ain't getting past first base with an egghead and a shag carpet back. Until they're in their mid-twenties at least. Come on down, listeners will receive 20% off their bald head back hair transformation package with the code COMEONHAIR. Bald head back hair. Your horny son will try to advance sexually, but you don't even have to care. Is that like a rhyme? That's their tagline. That's okay. their rhyme tagline. I like it, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, this is most effective for... Like teenage girls because they haven't given up yet. And exactly. They, they haven't given up. They exactly. Want to Their standards are still yeah. pretty high. Yeah, I get it. All right. So thank you to those people. Pyramid. Bald, bald hair, back hair. Bald hair, back hair. <laughs> I don't know. I think it flows a little better. <laughs> $10,000 pyramid. Mm. That's about how much a pyramid goes for on the open market. Any pyramid. In 1973. Yeah, just like uh, the average pyramid. You're talking Egyptian pyramids? Yeah. I'm Well, I mean, there were Egyptian pyramids. There were um, Aztec and Mayan pyramids as mm -hmm. well. I think like in Asia, they might have had some sort of pyramidal type structure. So this was kind of like a fad at a time. Everybody was like, oh, shit, we got to build a pyramid. Oh, uh, we got to keep up with the Egyptians. Yeah. Got to build that pyramid. They're, I'm sorry, they're putting what in it? <laughs> they're doing what to the bodies? Uh, no, no, no. We can just build them, I think. I don't think we need to go that far. All right. Well, okay. So they put their dead guys. What if we build the pyramid and then on the top of it, we just sacrifice some people? What if we just sacrifice some people to the gods on our pyramid instead of just burying old dead guys inside of it? We take it up a notch. What's your name? What's your name? Uh, it's It's got a lot of X's and CH's. And you're an intern here? And Aztec. you're an intern yeah, here? Yeah. Uh -huh. You're hired. Thank you. Full time. Oh, wow. Okstel, that's my name. Okstel? Okstel. God. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound real Aztec? -y? It sounds like something a pretentious like culinary school would cook for lunch. Okstel. <laughs> Hi, yeah, I was just came from OU and they had a Chick-fil-A in the in the cafeteria. What do you guys have here? Okstel. 
Oh, <laughs> suddenly it's like a German dish. It's a <laughs> Welcome weird... back to class. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird sausage thing. <laughs> We've got some Oxtel today. You know what I really like about this college is that they make us do stereotypical accents <laughs> to combine with the flavor and. It's to uh, learn, become more worldly. It... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. $10,000 pyramid. So that was the uh, median price of a pyramid in March 1973. Okay. And a lot of inflation since then. They're worth a lot more. And uh, I think prize winnings have not kept up with inflation, and we need to fix that. Yeah. So the $10,000 pyramid premiered in March 1973 mm. on CBS, hosted by none other than Dick Clark. Yes. Cock Clark. <laughs> that was what his friends called him. Yeah. <laughs> But they had to call him Cock Clark on TV because that could get by the censors, but Dick Clark couldn't <laughs> at the yeah. time. So Dick Clark, he was already a fairly well-known and famous type of dude mm -hmm. by 1973. And you could tell because he doesn't really try in the show. And I respect the hell out of it. Oh, my God. Um, Dick Clark was uh, previously the, or I, and I guess still concurrently with this, the host of American Bandstand, which is just about the weirdest TV what? show. There were several shows like this, like uh, Soul Train was kind of an offshoot of American Bandstand. Here's the premise of American Bandstand. And keep in mind, this show aired from like 1956 to 89 or something like okay, that. Okay, 52 to 89. Okay, 52 to 89, wow. so even longer. I think maybe he only took over in 56. But American Bandstand was a TV program. Mm -hmm. this I'm was on, on board. This was on every Saturday night. I'm on board still. Which featured teenagers okay. dancing mm -hmm. to pop songs for an hour. That's not, that's no way that's a thing. That was the show. It was like, here's a group of 40 teenagers in a room together. And it's like, and now listen to this song from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And then... You, they just show teenagers <laughs> dancing for an hour. I'm watching it right now. Uh-huh. And um, that is it. That is the whole show. That is the show. I mean, it is literally... And I guess uh, some of the times they would have prizes for, like, best dancer. I think they had some staff dancers, basically, to you know, keep everything <laughs> yeah. moving. It basically looked like a, uh, like a high school social or something like that where yeah. there's kind of... And then every once in a while, a slow song would come on, and they have to like pair off awkwardly, just like you would at a, at school, a school dance, dance. or yeah. at um, uh, Saturday Night Plano. Did you ever go to oh Saturday Night God. Plano, dude? The downfall of my self-esteem started at Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Plano. Plano. So Saturday Night Plano, we grew up in a in a town called Plano, Texas. Mm -hmm. And it is as bland as the name sounds. Plano, get it. Um, so on Saturday nights, they're at the local rec center. Mm -hmm. There was an event. After sweaty adults were done playing racquetball and basketball, yes. they cleared everything out. The yes. smell stayed, however. Obviously. It was like uh, from, you know, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And it was for... I think like nine to thirteen year olds, or around that age. Range. It was a big gap. Yeah, uh, it was. It was like uh, mid elementary school to late middle school, basically. I think. Okay. Kind of age range. It was basically the age range of kids that you would feel comfortable sending off on their own, but you don't necessarily feel comfortable leaving at home alone. 
I think, I mean, I think the general idea is parents can go out for a date night uh-huh. while they send their kids off to Saturday Night Plano, which again was at the rec center, and there was one of like the uh, basketball courts was turned into a dance floor, and yeah. there was a DJ and music playing. There, there was another basketball court where you could play basketball, hang out, meander, and talk. Yeah, you could uh, check out. Uh, one of the racquetball rooms to play like wall ball or something like that. And they had set up concession stands with sour patch, sour strings. patch. Yep. And things of that sort and Coke and soda that you could buy. Yeah. And because was, what happens is there's not enough hormones, right. Stuff pumping through children's bodies that at that age. So they thought, let's go ahead and add us another level sugar them up. and get some extra sugar in there. God, what is, God, what is legal cocaine? I got it. Let's give these kids sugar. You think this was just an experiment by some people that were like, hey, let's watch these kids. Let's watch these kids in the wild and let's just give them sugar and let them go wild. It was maybe the greatest social experiment of all time. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that like when I was in fifth grade was the, you know, the, the highlight of the week was going to Saturday Night Plano with with your friends. And, yeah. I and went kind of young, too. Because I was in karate at the time, and there was a kid that befriended me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I don't know, maybe I was just the annoying kid that would leave him alone. You right. know, your perspective is it's hard to tell what your perspective <laughs> Yeah, probably was. that one. Probably that <laughs> one. And he was going to Saturday Night Plano, and I believe he was 13. And so I was like 9 or 10. I think I was 10. Uh-huh. So I was t- towards the lower age uh, there. Yeah. And I was also a late bloomer. I mean, is anybody blooming at 10? Girls, no, very maybe. Few people are blooming at ten. Yeah, and so I think I got to go. Maybe that I'm trying to think now. Maybe my self esteem. I was just a ten year old asking thirteen year old girls to dance. Well, and you're at that weird age where, like, even when you're like eleven years old or whatever, as a boy, like all the eleven year old girls are taller than you, and it's, <laughs> and it's weird. Yeah, they and... all have like full time jobs, and you like still <laughs> yeah. can't get an internship, and you have to dance with like. Eight feet between you, as far as your arms could stretch yeah, out. Right, and then you would just go up. You would just go up to random girls that you have never seen before, mm-hmm. never said a word to. Yes, when you're eleven or ten, and be like, "Hey, Casey and JoJo's playing. You want to dance?" Yeah, and you don't take that confidence into the rest of your life. I've never i I would not walk up to another person and say, "Hey, you want to be friends?" Let alone. Hey, do you want to dance? I don't know you. We've never met. Because society seeps into you after that age and you realize that you are setting yourself up to fail. And failure hurts your brain and your heart. Yeah, I asked 10 different girls to dance in one night. Every single one said no. And so then I thought, why even fucking try anymore? And that's when I first... Started thinking about not asking girls to dance. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. you were going to say suicide. No, no, I was 10. Um, that was more teenage years. Okay. And I got hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I had my first kiss at Saturday Night Plano. Cool, yeah, let's hear about your fun story at Saturday Night Plano. God, I was like the the belle of the ball at Saturday Night Plano. I was, God, I was, so, like, people would just high five. I would walk down, people would high five me. Oh, my God. John's Even here. before the kiss? Oh, yeah, all the time. I was oh, like, wow. Uh, you just the, cemented the your strategy. Okay. But no, that was kind of like, uh, you know, when you're in fifth grade and you have a quote-unquote girlfriend, the only way you could go on a date was if you both got your parents to drop you off a Saturday night. Yeah. You know, basically. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
that has nothing to do with the pyramid, but it does have a little to do with American Bandstand, which is a very weird show yeah. that existed for way too long. That was basically Saturday Night Plano, but televised. But watching on TV. Yeah. So Dick Clark, he had some fame from that and other things. He also would go on to host New Year's Rockin' Eve until he died. Not interested. You're not interested in New Year's Eve? I don't want to watch stuff on New Year's Eve um, unless it's a ball dropping. And I don't want to see Dick Clark's balls drop because, <laughs> you know, he was an old man and it already had happened. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So Dick Clark hosted the show from 73 to 80. Uh, in 76, it stopped being the $10,000 pyramid. It started being the $20,000 pyramid. Doubled. Because rent was hiked mm-hmm. over in Cairo. Right. And... Basically, hey, how much does it cost you to rent a room at the uh, pyra- at the pyramids? Uh, how much? An arm and a leg in your life. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was that's the weirdest um, bubblegum uh, knock knock joke sort of thing that yeah. you could ever find. Uh-huh. What was the uh, hey, popsicle? Put hey, the popsicle. Stick. How about you chew on that punchline for a bit <laughs> I don't until want, it loses its flavor in eight seconds? To. So. This game is basically a party game, as far as I'm concerned. It's this okay. is this is a game that you can play with your friends mm-hmm. at a party and have a fun time. Right, basically. and party kind of, for people that are listening. A party after you're 30 is a group of a couple of adults that get together, sip on wine, beers, and play games that you scoffed at in your 20s. Right. Okay. So basically, the first round. So there are two celebrities and two contestants. And each contestant is paired with a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And there is a pyramid of categories, six categories. Mm -hmm. So three, two, one. The pyramid means nothing at this point in the game. Okay. It's just the shape that those categories are put up there. Yeah. And so the categories will be something like... Illuminati. um, Yeah. Yeah. That's why Uh, the pyramid is there. Freemasons. Um, (laughs) The categories would be something like, uh, isn't that convenient... And then when it's your turn, you'd say, we want to play Isn't That Convenient? And they'd say, okay, these are things you can find in a convenience store. Mm. And then it's like catchphrase, that game. Yes. Where um, you can say You can say anything other than the word that you want to describe. So there there would be seven potential things. uh, And so it would be like... All right, this is the thing that is it's triangle shaped and it's orange and it gets on your fingers. Yeah. Oh, we're playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Triangle shaped and it's orange. It's a snack. It's a chip. Sh- uh, 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 Doritos. Yes. So it would be like that. So you have 30 seconds. Yeah. And you have to get through as many of these seven things as you possibly can in the 30 seconds. Yeah. And then it's the other team's turn. And so it would go the celebrity would be giving the clues. The first time around. And they started each of these rounds the same way I start all of my sexual uh, experiences. Uh, disappointed? Would you like to give or receive? Okay. <laughs> yep. So You don't start them disappointed. The disappointment happens after the fact. Okay. So each team would go, choosing one of the categories. Then they would flip it the... Contestant would give the clues to the celebrity mm-hmm. in the second round. And then for the final two uh, rounds, they, they would choose what, who wants to give this time, the contestant or the celebrity. Yes. So after each 
team has gone three times. We've done all six of the categories up on the board. Whoever has gotten the most points now wins. The triangle? You win that you win a triangle to take home. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Remember that uh that like ruler triangle shaped thing. Yes, it wasn't was a compass, it, yeah, but it was it wasn't similar. A compass, but it, was, it was something like an architect would use. Uh, okay. I, I, Do you I, remember I, architects class? Yeah, <laughs> you're reckoning middle school architect architecture classes. <laughs> so, whoever had the most points won at that point. If uh, if there was a tie, you went to a, a bonus one uh, one round each head to head thing. Yeah, to break the tie, and then whoever was the winner. Went to the winner's circle. Why is it not called the winner's triangle? Because we already got too many triangular shit oh, things here. Just... It's just, you go to the winner's circle. That's okay. how it is. And uh, They did a focus group and they were like, yeah. eight triangles is enough, no more. Yes. And if you got all seven, there was like a bonus. You're like, oh, you won $500 for getting all seven in one of these things. There was also bonus, random bonus rounds throughout the history of the show, like the big seven was a thing where at random one of the categories up there would have a big prize if you got all seven of them. Ooh. Like, oh, you get a trip or Was that something. the 7-11? So that was, that was one of the later versions of okay. that. If if you got all seven, you won $1,100. Got was it. one of the later versions of that. So the winner goes to the winner circle. The loser is executed. For good. Yeah, we're talking about in Aztec cultures right oh yeah that's all right. it all comes back to the pyramids of course so the winner goes to the winner's circle in which we've now got a, a new pyramid same thing three two one mm-hmm. pyramid and now you choose whether to be the giver or the receiver again just like your sexual experiences yes with your celebrity partner yep and this one is a little different in that now all of the four thing or the six things up on the board are categories, and the only way that you can give clues mm. is to list things that fall under that category. It has been turned on its head. Yes. So you can't just describe around it. You can only list things that fall under that category. Like I might say, um, David Schwimmer, Matt. People LeBlanc. who are on Friends. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, sweet. So, yeah. So, you say people who are on Friends, and that's that's a category. Yeah. Or, you know, carrots, potatoes. Vegetables. What is a vegetable? Yes, vegetables. No, not what is a vegetable. <laughs> this is not Jeffrey. <laughs> so, that's how the game works. You're going. You're trying to get through all six of those. The In the original version, the bottom three were worth $50 each. The middle two were worth $100 each. And the top one was worth $250. Mm-hmm. So, you could pass at any point if you're struggling to... Get it out and move on to one of the next ones. So whichever ones you um, got correct, uncovered, yeah. the, it was a little flipboard thing. I like, I love flipboards on game shows. This, and this was a, a sentient flipboard. There was no Vanna White needed. Yes, for these exactly. Two. It flipped itself, um, and so it would flip over into the dollar amount once you got it. So you know, if you got two on the bottom row, one on the middle row, and the top row, you'd get you know whatever that adds up to four hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you got all six of them correct in the 30 seconds that you had, yes, you got $10,000. Oh, my God. Because of the $10,000 pyramid. Yeah, life-changing. Was it? $10,000 in 1973 was like $500,000 today. I don't think that's quite that. Well, I mean, do, I thought you were the math guy. Right, but that's not necessarily a math thing. That's an inflation thing. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. There's the not math involved in inflation? inflation? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like, I got, hey, I got my, uh, I got my briefcase guy. Uh, I've got my math guy, and over here, my favorite, my um, inflation, inflation guy. guy. You just tell. Um, guys, uh, just in the 12 seconds we've been here, uh, the value of the dollar has gone down 0.03%. It's, it's a guy that's there. You, he comes to the restaurant with you, and you get your bill, and he's like, in 1943, this would have only cost you. Shut the fuck up, Todd. He <laughs> tells you stuff in the past. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks, man. So that was the game. This was a this was a daily game show. Like many of the daily game shows of this era, it would last as long as an episode lasts and so sometimes it would end right in the middle of the game mm -hmm. um, or right when somebody gets to go to the winner's circle but you you they'd be like up oh, watch tomorrow to see them do the final round gotta come back uh, and then the next episode would start with the person doing the winner's circle mm -hmm. and then if if you've won whether you won the winner's circle or lost you would go back to compete against a new opponent, Ooh. and you would switch to the other celebrity. Okay. So each time you won, you would alternate with the two celebrities that were. So this rapport you built with this person time. through the filming—it's over. Fuck you. Like I was watching one, and it was the guy's third time in the winner's circle. He hadn't won it yet, and it had been you know the same two celebrities each mm -hmm. time. So this was the second time with one celebrity, and and they Dick Clark was like, so the first time you know you receive this. The second time you gave, this time you're receiving again. And he was like, well, I feel like um, this person, this celebrity, whatever, is very quick at giving clues, very good at giving clues. So I wanted to be the receiver. And this person is very good at guessing. So I wanted to be the giver. And I was like, I, he didn't win any of those three times that I saw. <laughs> so he, his strategy might have been bad. Yeah. But he had some sort of strategy to... All right, I've got this different rapport with this celebrity. But he was also kind of annoying. He kept like... Anytime uh, in the regular game that he would give an answer and the mm -hmm. other person was giving, yeah. he would go like this with his fingers. The, oh, that's the little, so annoying. The little wrap it up thing. So they'd be like, oh, this is this is the guy who is uh, the president. And, and he'd be like, Nixon. And like immediately he's doing this before. Like he's saying the word and he's doing the like, all yeah. right, give me the fucking next clue. Yeah. Nixon did it. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, wow. Wow. So fuck that guy. I would just probably a nice guy. Probably, I would just I guy. would stop. I would just, I would no. Oh, you think you you, you think is, you can go faster? Fine. And and what I would do is he's doing this, and I would be reeling it back, and I'm like, I need you to stop <laughs> doing that so much. It's driving me quiet, quiet, quiet. Yeah, it's driving you quiet. Yeah, were you mixing crazy and wild there, and you got mm, caught in the middle? Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess that you wanted to say quiet, and that's fine. That's perfectly okay. I get it. So. Like I said, this turned from the $10,000 pyramid into the $20,000 pyramid in 76. Uh, it aired until 1980. There was a, a, a nighttime version, you know, a weekly nighttime syndicated version as well mm -hmm. that went up to like $25,000 pyramid. Holy there crap. $50,000 for a period in the 80s as well. Mm -hmm. um, it revived from 82 to 88. And okay. that was the $25,000 pyramid, a daily version. Once again, this was all Dick Clark. Bill Cullen, who we've talked about on a couple, he hosted I've Got a Secret and To Tell the Truth. Mm. He did a, a primetime version for a few years as well while Dick Clark was doing the daily version. But basically it's the same show except the dollar amount in the title 
changes. changes every once in a while yeah. as money gets less valuable. I know a big concern of yours is always, is this prize worth enough for me? So they made sure to address your concerns there Good. and keep raising the prize value. Up until in the, in the 80s, there was a nightly $100,000 pyramid. And now version. we're talking. Now I will answer your stupid questions. Here's the catch. Yeah. Um, All of these additional ones, when when we get to 25, 50, 100, Mm -hmm. in the original $10,000 pyramid, if you get them all, you win $10,000. Yeah. Not the way these other ones worked. It would be like, okay, so two people face off. Uh, Somebody wins, goes to the winner's circle. Okay. And... If they win, they get $25,000. Now the same two people swap celebrities and face off against each other again. So the person who lost is still here for some reason. Okay. And they get to play again. They compete again. If the same person wins, now that person is playing for $50,000. But if the other person wins, that person still is only just playing for $25,000. That's genius. And then it's over. That's a way for them to not have to pay out the amount of money. <laughs> exactly. But it's not like the $50,000 pyramid, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the $25,000 py- pyramid with a bonus that you can yeah. you win a couple in a row. If you do it twice in a row, you can It's a $25,000 pyramid, but maybe more. And that's the way the $100,000 pyramid worked as well with like 50 and 100. Or there were some times where it would even like start with... 10 and then the second one would be 25 and then if you did it a third time it would be 50 or things yeah. like that so yeah it was a way for them to make it seem like the prize was bigger than it really it would be like if who wants to be a millionaire you could only win a hundred thousand dollars but you could come back tomorrow and do the same thing again yeah. for another hundred thousand dollars and eventually get up to a yeah. million all you have to do is win the show 10 times yeah, exactly. and then, and then you you're get a millionaire. It. so i've got a little bit of a beef with that because that's how it still works there's a there's a 2016 version hosted by Michael Strahan. Heyo. The The Refrigerator. No. Was that not his nickname in the NFL? No, that was Refrigerator Perry, who played His first name was Refrigerator. His first name was Refrigerator. Okay, well yeah. then that makes sense. Um his name so hold on. His name was Refrigerator the Fridge Perry? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And he uh he played for the Bears in the eighties, much much earlier than Michael Strahan. Did. I'm sorry, is this not is this show not in the eighties? Yes, this show is in the 80s. Okay, so then connection done. (laughs) It makes sense. Now that you put it that way, now that you put it that way, it makes sense. So yeah, the pyramids, I mean, they had some... Donnie Osmond hosted a version in 2002. There's been several revivals. Some guy named John Davidson did it in 91. He sucked. He was useless. Uh, Game Show Network in 2012 did a version that was just called The Pyramid, so they didn't want to lie to us. They didn't want to... I like that. They didn't want to inflate how much the prizes were worth. It was hosted by Mike Richards, who most recently uh, was just hosting Jeopardy, like last week. Whoa. He was the um, the first temporary host after Ken Jennings' temporary host ship. How did his Ken it, Jennings go? It went well. I thought... I think Ken Jennings should be the permanent... Uh, jeopardy guy now okay but mike richards did it for a couple weeks after ken jennings run he's 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 like an executive producer on jeopardy now okay so he's like i'll do it while we try to find somebody else (laughs) and then obviously there's the michael strahan version that is kind of currently airing it hasn't aired since 2019 it was supposed to air last summer yeah but we got uh, pandied we got pandied we got pandied a little bit Okay. They've, I think they've filmed a new season, 
but it probably won't air until this summer is my guess. Okay. If I were a schedule maker, that may right. be what I would do. How about we just bring facts to the show and not guesses? All right. Well, I'm. It's uh, you know what show guesses. you know what show I want to play. Uh, what game I want to play in the show? Pyramid. Fact who? Fact who? I don't want to play guess who. Oh, okay, that's a stretch. Big time. <laughs> um, and so in the one hundred thousand dollar pyramid that is on ABC with Michael Strahan at the moment. I like that they've, again, maintained the flip uh, boards on the pyramid. Yep. That's... that's. Uh, Do you think it's Vanna White, but she's behind the board? Any game with a flip board, Family Feud, etc., Vanna White is behind uh-huh. there. Uh, she, she was signing her contract. She was like, I'm patenting this <laughs> yes, flip. Exactly. So it's the $100,000 pyramid, but it is the same thing now where it's two games of the same two people and it's $50,000 each mm-hmm. and it's an hour long so they do four games total in the hour okay you know two contestants twice if that makes sense yes okay so i struggled to uh enunciate what i was trying to hold on i gotta call my there. inflation guy to get this down <laughs> <laughs> so there was uh in the in 1979 there was like for a month and a half the game show instead of being the twenty thousand dollar pyramid became junior partner pyramid junior partner junior partner pyramid was there a child involved yeah it was like instead of there was no celebrities involved so it was like a kid and and their parent were okay the two let's give this parent another reason to be mad at this kid yeah losing them twenty thousand dollars how much easier could i describe a dorito um how do you not know what onomatopoeia is (laughs) what if that was Oddly, one of the things in the show. Yeah. You have to describe what onomatopoeia is. <laughs> yeah, I just go, boom, pow, pop. Onomatopoeia. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that would be uh, for the, the the winner's circle. Oh, I think that would make what sense. is an onomatopoeia? List, a list of... <laughs> no, it's not Jeopardy. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I asking you, got, you I'm, questions. I'm sure Mike Richards confused this thing a I little I can't more ask now. questions during the winner's circle? Yeah. No. You've got 30 seconds. So <laughs> the... Like I said, it's it's the fifty thousand, even though it's called a hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Mm-hmm. But I think if you do it twice, if you're in the winner circle twice in a row, if you, and if you won the fifty thousand the first time, you're playing for a hundred thousand the second time, so you can win one hundred and fifty total. Oh. So again, the name just really doesn't tie to very much at here all, because you either win fifty or a hundred and fifty. If you win this show, you never but not win a hundred. You never. There's no possibility for you to win a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, okay. you can only win fifty thousand or a hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, or whatever you win for uh, turning over, you know, X amount without turning over all six. So, do you think when they pitched this show, it was the pitch was a brackets insert amount of money pyramid, and they were like, <laughs> we'll just put in whatever we want for the time frame. <laughs> yeah, they they were probably in 1973 when they were. Creating this show, they're like, they're like, all right, so it's the ten thousand dollar pyramid, and somebody goes, excuse me, what are we gonna do in twenty twenty one? I bet you ten thousand dollars isn't gonna be worth that much then. And some guys like, well, there's gonna be a pandy, and some guys like, how do you know that? <laughs> a what? Excuse me. He's like, I traveled back in time. I traveled back in time. They're like, Steve, you've been working with us for ten years. You traveled back in time to get just a regular corporate job to have one meeting where you can tell us about a pandy that nobody believes is a thing. <laughs> And he's like, you understood this very well. Uh, he could only go back to that one. Sp- it's like um, the eleven twenty two sixty three, where you only go back to that one specific date. So when you screw uh, it up, 
you have to go, you have to do the whole thing over again. Man, like that's he had rough. to in the book. Um, so that was a Stephen King book. If anybody wants to read it or, or watch just the watch Hulu the show, show. It's, it's a little way different. easier. It's a little different, but it's a little different cause it's better. Is Whoa. that what you're saying? Because you don't have to read. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Although I just watch everything with subtitles now. Do you, do you watch, you don't watch stuff with subtitles on, do you? I have to. No. Yes. Why? Because, um, like British shows, um, shows that have like really low speaking characters for like it's almost like a gruff whisper is like a popular way for people to talk. Yeah, in films. you need a better speaker. You need like a. Do you have a sound bar? Or we something? have a sound bar, oh, but need... when I'm seeing it, okay. So here's the thing. Here's, here's the problem. It's gonna ruin all the punchlines for me. Here's the problem. Punchlines don't exist if you can't fucking hear them. Okay. Second, I knew that Lin Manuel Miranda is a great writer. Sure. And I also know that rap is hard for me to understand. So you watched Hamilton? How could you read that fast? I feel like that's a lot of reading. It is a lot of reading, but it's it's a it's a blur mush to my ears if I'm not reading it. So and I was able to read it fine, so it's not like flying across the right. screen. And you know, it what they do is cool. It's the whole screen and it's just kind of like a the Star Wars beginning, and it's just... <laughs> you don't see anything, actually. You just hear it, and you read it. Right. No, but I, I strongly recommended it, and then I started to watch some things that I couldn't understand. Like Peaky Blinders. I See, I haven't watched that. You before. have to watch that with subtitles on until you get acquainted with the thick accent. Yeah, see, I've worked with a lot of people from all over the world that have thick accents, so mm-hmm. I feel like I have an advantage in terms of understanding understanding yeah absolutely. that because like when I'm getting to know those people I had to be like what and then just smile and go yeah yeah because I still don't know what they said right what you should do is you should uh, record somehow screen record your conversations and then upload it to YouTube and then YouTube has the audio subtitles that you can just click on <laughs> and you could retroactively understand the conversation oh, that's what they were saying they're like they're like, oh yeah, so my my mom died, and uh, it it was a really it was just a really horrible weekend, and I went, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Americans are assholes. <laughs> so, in many ways, I feel like this show was um, in the in the way that we're promoting it, mm-hmm. a pyramid scheme. scheme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, yeah, and that is when. The guy comes to your house and he's trying to sell you pyramids. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, um, I don't think a pyramid's worth ten thousand dollars. I don't want to do that. You weren't you like for a day involved in a pyramid scheme at one point? Correct. <laughs> yeah, it was in like college. A vac- was it a vacuum related? No, one? it was in college, and we were. I answered an ad in the school paper. Was it an ad for like marketers or something like no, that? No, it said we needed sports minded people people that were uh up for a challenge sports minded people up for a challenge yeah and so i was like i've definitely watched sports before right you know that i've seen you do it um and i understand 20 percent of what's happening correct yes so what if sports had more subtitles explaining what was going on 100 percent understand everything (laughs) yeah and i showed up and this guy was like all right it was me and three other people and all sports-minded. Like, all sports-minded. And he was like, all right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and get in our cars, and we're going to drive 30 minutes north, and we're going to go, and we're going to sell these people 
we're basically going to give these people money. And I was like, this is going to be the easiest fucking job <laughs> I've ever done. Give you money? Okay. <laughs> and he goes, okay, so what we're going to have here. So first of all, we drive up there first. Right. You, you don't get to ask questions about what you're doing. He's okay, like, just yeah. go ahead and hop in your car and drive up there. Let's go. So we're standing in a parking lot you know, around our cars. And he pulls out these big, like thick, like imagine a placemat that you have for your kids. And it's a real, a big, like laminated uh-huh. thing. And he's like, these are all coupons for you to get oil changes at all these local places. And he's like, and they're basically like $30 coupons, but you're selling these to people for like 15 bucks. So you're basically giving them $15 in a very specific thing that they're not going to use. He didn't add that last right, part. Yeah. And so we had to go knock on doors and try and sell these people coupons for oil changes. And there was one house I went up to and it had an OSU flag uh-huh. flying out in the front because uh-huh. it was in Oklahoma and I had my OU hat on. So I took my hat off and threw it under his car before I walked up to his house <laughs> to sell Good him. salesmanship. Thank you. Um, but I also look like a crazy person because my hair yeah, was all crimped. Hair, and, yeah. yeah. Nobody answered the door, so oh, I didn't have to deal with that really experience. But I did have hat. I did have a cool oil stain on that hat for the <laughs> nice. rest of that hat's duration. Um, so I guess it was kind of a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I guess it wasn't. You didn't have to buy the books before selling them. No, no, no. It was $800. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We had to buy it. But we had to buy to drive my own car up there. It was kind of like giving your money to them. Yeah. I guess if it was a real pyramid scheme, you would have had to buy all those books right. and then sell them. Like yeah. all the um, mom bosses out there. Boss boss lady or... What is that? Girl boss. Is that the thing they say? Boss bitch? No. They, like They say like mom entrepreneur oh. and girl boss. and You have to buy kids? Yeah, you know all the all of your friends uh, from high school on Facebook mm-hmm. that sell makeup and yeah. weight loss, beach body workouts, and mm-hmm. whatever. That it's all just a pyramid scheme. Well, it's uh, not. It's, it's just multi-level market. You have an opportunity. Yeah, wasn't I think there was something passing. You can't legally say pyramid scheme anymore uh well so pyramid schemes are technically illegal multi-level marketing yes schemes are no you can't say the last part (laughs) sorry are technically not illegal (laughs) but they they can get pretty close you can say multi-level marketing schemes just that pyramid you can't have that on the front yeah you can call it a you can call it an mlm like rodan and fields and i said beach body right there's there's other ones that i don't Care. There's a shake. There's supplements. There's the oh, it works is one, and it's this weird like a, it's a corset but it's saran wrap and it's like look all you do is put this on and it makes your body shape better and it's like ah, it's not really a, how that works. Very but it well. does technically make you your still body need to, like, shape lose better. The weight, or you can. It works. It's in the name. Saran wrap it. Saran wrap it up. Uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous stuff like that that is all the rage amongst. Independent business women. Mm-hmm. Amway. Amway Herbalife. is a big one. Yep. That's the one I was thinking yep. of. Yep. Those, okay. are, those are big. So those are pyramid schemes. Um, are they schemes? Because these are worth billions of dollars. Right. For the people at the top. Yeah. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> Look, a, these are even in that's triangles. Why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's a pyramid scheme. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. It's like that episode of The Office where Michael is trying to recruit people for his new side business and they're like 
He like, draws it Michael, on a whiteboard. That's a, that's a pyramid scheme. He's like, no, it's not. See, I'm here. And then Jim and Ryan, you're here. And then below you, you get these other people. And, and Jim just like walks up and draws a triangle around it. <laughs> Um, you know that Michael was the protagonist and Jim was just an asshole worker the entire time. Did you know that was the actual dynamic? Obviously, okay. that was the dynamic. So I think the big, this is not, I don't know if this is a pyramid scheme, but it's something that I find sketchy and I don't like. Yes. And it's in the news right now. So I'm forcing it awkwardly yeah. into our okay. discussion. Condoms. Which <laughs> What? Is that, the, is that in the news right now? I mean, it's always in the news. <laughs> okay. NFTs. Oh, buying fake stuff. NFTs. It's the most confusing thing that is going on in the world right now. No, it's not. You have something digital. I want to purchase the original digital. Right. And I'm going to give you lots of money for that. And also my friend's going to invest in it by buying the rights to it. Right. So for those of you that may not be aware, and I am very, very on the skirts of aware of this, an NFT stands for non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. And basically what it means is you pay real money mm-hmm. to get digital ownership over some sort of product or good... A good example. ...or artwork. Because that's a great explanation. But for somebody who doesn't have any idea in this, you're like, what do you mean? Right. Here's one what example. Do, what do I mean? And there are, there are like genres of NFTs. Right. And one that kind of helped me understand it a little bit is called Top Shot, I believe. And it's highlight clips for professional athletes. So like a the first layup of LeBron James in his career right. as a major league baseball basketball player <laughs> um, is a rotating highlight clip. It's like 10 seconds right. long and somebody will pay to own the rights of this. I don't know. How or why? Right. It doesn't... Oh, so, so okay. So, the first thing I saw a couple weeks ago was that Jack Dorsey... Mm-hmm. Owner and CEO of Twitter, Twitter. And Square. Was selling the first ever tweet. Right. And somebody was going to pay $6 million or something for the first ever tweet because mm-hmm. Jack was the guy who had made that first ever tweet. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. So, like... You know, Jack runs Twitter. So does that mean that, like, he is somehow transferring that tweet to this person's Twitter handle? So it looks like that person tweeted it or whatever, and they can, you know, link to it. And now it says that they tweeted this thing or whatever. Like, is that that what it means to own that? This was kind of my assumption. I thought it was weird, but I was like, okay, I guess that's how it works. I don't know why you would pay $6 million for that or whatever. But no. Mm Mm-mm. Um, it's less than that. It's, you just get to say that you own it and it's still on his Twitter account and you can't delete it or modify it in any way. Mm -hmm. You have no access to it aside from the fact that you have a digital token that says that it's yours and it has something to do with the blockchain, which don't, that's easy. I that's super easy that's, to explain. And we don't want to bore anybody, so we're yeah, not going to explain yeah, Everybody it. obviously knows what the blockchain is. So yes. We're not going to waste time talking about right. the blockchain that everybody understands. Right. And we, the only we, person we do. I, nobody understands it better than we do, so we don't want to talk down to you. Right. And the only person that doesn't get it is Charlie Brown. He's that blockhead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you just own the... And like I've seen... like like It's basically like, oh, maybe... You can buy the Mona Lisa. And like somebody's going to pay $20 million for the Mona Lisa. 
but it still just sits there in the Louvre. You don't get any special viewing hours. You don't get anything special about it. There, there are people selling digital goods like this as well. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I am Jimmy Eat World, and I'm going to make 100 copies of my album available as NFTs, and now I own... I'm one of 100 people that owns this Jimmy Eat World album. And yeah. it's like, oh, so nobody else can listen to it? No, no, it's still on iTunes. Right. And it's like, oh, but like I get one one hundredth of the proceeds of it now? No, 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 no. You just own it. It's like, so what do I get from owning it? A token. Right. A digital token. It's like... And people are, are spending money on this. Like millions oh, of dollars. it's going to be a billion dollar business but for sure. Why? Here's the thing. And I just found what out is it? a really good way to explain it. Okay. It's like... If you and your wife went on vacation mm-hmm. and part of the vacation was paid for because you had to sit in a seminar Have done that. where they tried to sell you a timeshare, right? you get through the process. Okay. You say, I do want to buy the timeshare. You and Erica did not do this part. Right. We didn't buy the timeshare. Um, because I think you aptly said, why wouldn't I just buy a car for that much money? And they were right. like, it was quite expensive. you guys can go from the thing now. We don't need anybody else hearing the questions right, like that. right, right. right. It's like if you bought a timeshare, which is you buying the opportunity to use something every now and then. Right. But you don't get to do the last part. Exactly. Okay. That's the part to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I own a timeshare down in Mexico. Oh, when can you go? Never. <laughs> but I, I just own it. But did you it. hear what I said? I, got yeah. to, I have the right yeah. to say that because I do own it. <laughs> exactly. That's a pretty apt description of the way I currently understand it, which is you get to say you own something without having any of the actual benefits of ownership of a thing. Right. It's very confusing. Here's what it reminds me of. I think every generation has its gotcha. Like, I think our parents' gotcha was credit cards. Okay. You know? It was just... It it seemed like it was too good to be true. Nobody really understood how it meant. And then at the end of the day, you get screwed because you didn't understand interest rates. Because you don't know how to read contracts. First of all, they legally didn't have to put that stuff in there okay. when you signed up for it. Second, I think our generation, student loans. Okay. And the next generation is NFTs. NFTs. Just people all willy-nilly you buying think fake shit. You're just throwing your money away. It seems like you're just throwing your money away to me. I mean, I've looked at the Top Shot website. At least website. a student loan, you get an education. At least a credit card. Maybe. You get uh, a TV, you know? But what is an education? That's the thing. It That is a Whoa. it's something you can't like... Like, you can have a, a, a degree and not get a job because you got a degree in a dumb thing. Like, you better make sure you get an NFT in a good, smart thing because you're going to be screwed <laughs> if you get an NFT in, like, Don't get the an poop NFT emoji. Studies. Don't, get an N- <laughs> Don't get an NFT in an emoji that nobody's using. Don't get an NFT in the emoji where they, it's, like, the guy like this with his cross. Like, nobody really uses that often. Like, no, poop get the emoji. one with the girls like this. <laughs> girls use that. Yeah. <laughs> The NFT, and by the way, you were doing a shrugging shoulders thing there for our audio listeners. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I feel like shrugging the- shoulders. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't understand the NFT I don't think anybody at does. all. I, I, I've heard, I've had some discussions with some very smart people, mm-hmm. not really, just like my friends. Oh, okay. That Burn. maybe, maybe um, at some point, like when we're living in Ready Player One world, mm-hmm. you Soon. know, right? We maybe NFTs will make sense for like, you know, artwork that you decorate your virtual house with. Ooh, like if if you get you know, some, so you can't just easily download something some v- maybe at that right. point. Right. So like you, 
I'm the only per because like right now they're also selling like NFTs of like pictures and like mm-hmm. like you you said like the LeBron James highlight clip or whatever like any I can I can go online and right click and download that LeBron James highlight clip even though you paid a million dollars to own it <laughs> right like that sort of stuff doesn't make sense I guess maybe in well you just don't own the certificate right which means nothing so <laughs> maybe in the future like if somebody's you know making some like Rodan type of sculptures in VR world mm-hmm. and I buy one, it's only in my VR house or my VR museum. You've got to pay me to come and look at this VR sculpture. Right. Or I could just watch a whole bunch of porn for free. So why would I come and look at your stupid sculpture? Why would I watch $10,000 pyramid if I could watch porn instead? (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to that. It all comes back to it. Yeah, so Dick Clark died in 2012. Mm-hmm. It was a sad day. And that's when the Mayan calendar ended. Exactly. And that, those were synced together perfectly. That it was a, an entirely pyramid-related yes, death uh, situation. He was actually sacrificed on top of one of the pyramids. Right. By a Mayan. Uh, yeah, and, that's, and thank God, because that's why the world didn't end. Was because we sacrificed. did the Dick Clark sacrifice. Got it. And so, yeah, he doesn't host New Year's Rockin' Eve anymore. He did that from, like, 1970-something to, or 60-something to. Until the last time he did it when people said, oh, God, he doesn't look good. Ooh, wow. Well, they've, like, in, like, 2005, they brought in Ryan Seacrest, I think, to... Yeah, to hold the strings. And and they used his strings for his limbs. Me too, some chicks, and... Wasn't he in trouble for that? I just assume every male celebrity (laughs) has been in trouble at least one point. That's reasonable. (laughs) But um, you, I learned, so before New Year's Rockin' Eve, mm. there's a guy named Guy Lombardo, and he, starting in, I think, like, 1928 or 38 or something like that. Is this the guy that's um, is the owner of, oh, um, that's Guy Lombardo, never mind. Oh, no. I'm going to say no. Um, he was a band leader, and for, like, 50 years, on starting on CBS radio before people had TV. Mm-hmm. He would, his band would play like a New Year's Eve national show. And it was him and his band who would always play Auld Lang Syne after midnight mm-hmm. that made Auld Lang Syne like the official New Year's yeah. song. Okay. That guy was doing that. So it was kind of his, uh, his coattails that Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve wrote on. And then he kind of combined the elements of, American bandstand of just wow. people dancing in the street to music playing. Wow. With all that. And no pyramids, though, was the one issue with it. Just a ball. Oh, yeah. It's Maybe like there's every a element of his career combined. It's like um, at the end of Walk Hard, uh, when Dewey Cox takes everything that he learns and combines it all together and sings, uh, It's a beautiful ride, beautiful mm-hmm. ride. It's like this was... Dick Clark's Beautiful Ride, Sans Pyramid. Sans Pyramid. So he basically was one of those people who gets rich and famous and, and he just forgets kicks, the little people. He forgets all of his friends. He like goes on a podcast and calls his friends stupid and just <laughs> throws everything that he has worked hard emotionally and physically for previous to this moment into the trash and pees on it and lets it on fire. Wow. And then pees on it again to put it out of the fire because that's, you know, environmentally. Well, you got to be smart. Right. You don't want to start any big, big forest fires. Yeah. 
But yeah, so the pyramid, it lives on. The pyramid is the strongest structure in the world, which is why yeah. this show has been able to survive for as long as it has. I've been in pyramids. Okay, here, here we go. So you did this whole episode so you could be like, I've been to Egypt. I've ridden a camel. I fucking right. uh-huh. flicked a camel's pee-pee. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Tell the story about the pee-pee. Uh, well, it was honestly a lot bigger than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, the pyramid. Oh, God. I got it. I got it. Yeah, the great, yeah. the great Pyramid of Giza. But no, no, I went in some pyramids. Mm-hmm. And not a lot in there. Does it smell like death? No, I think they have like you know put some Febreze in there since they, <laughs> there's no they don't have the dead guys in there anymore. There's yeah, got a whole lot of nothing in there for the most part. But you can walk around and be like, yeah, this was the uh, this is the sarcophagus room or whatever. This was the this was the this room, and it's, this is the antechamber. There's words like that that don't really mean anything to mm-hmm. you, and you're like, oh yeah, cool. Huh? But also like everybody was you know, I don't know, short. Real short back then. Okay. So you kind of really got a hunch over to, oh, to really? walk through. Wow. Like they, uh, I mean, I guess when you're building something that big with like all those rocks and stuff, you kind of want to like, all right, this is tall enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is fine. This If you got to squ- squat a little bit, then yeah. whatever. Deal you're dead. The, the guy who's in here is dead. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty cool though. But like, what do you, th- do you think like the but workers? But there's a lot of underground. The workers of the pyramids, like... did a strike because they were like, we need taller structures because we're moving these people in and out and like they're dead, but we're not. Uh, No, I think they were slaves. So I don't think they had much collective bargaining power. They weren't allowed to strike? No, I don't think so. Hmm. I think they would get struck in such an instance. Oh. Unfortunately. Yeah. Or aliens. So you said there was a lot of underground? Yeah, like you, in some of them, especially like you, you, you don't enter like from the bottom and go up. You kind of enter from the middle and go down. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, just uh, so there is stuff above ground yeah, floor. Yeah, there's stuff like a. You can go up. You can go down. So it's like an ant hill. Yeah. Yeah. But there's. I guess most ant. A lot of the around. like hallways, if you would call them a hallway. Yeah. Were you know at an angle, so you're either going way down or way up, and like okay. I gotta say, when it's like four feet tall and at a pretty like twenty five degree pitch. And you've got to climb up that wall, wall hunch yeah. over. It's pretty tough. It's like a workout. Yeah. It's a workout navigating your way through. Now you know. So you're saying, you're telling everybody on the podcast here, you know how slaves feel. You. I don't think, oh. I don't think I would go uh, that far. Okay. So slaves built the pyramids, right? Uh-huh. Keep this connection with me. Okay, yeah. And you were in the pyramids. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So what's the problem? I wasn't building. Them, <laughs> oh, so, okay. So I don't know anything what that was like. Um... But they were pretty cool. I liked I liked checking them out. If you is it hard to see in the desert of just nothingness and bright sun and so here's the thing is like they, we went to you know several pyramids, not just the Great Pyramids of Giza, which are the most famous, the the big uh, you know three the big kahunas that, is that, what they call that you them. See. Yeah, exactly. But the catch is like those ones. So the, there's the three right there and the Sphinx. They're all right next to each other. What you don't realize is all of those photos are taken from the same angle. Because if you turned it around, you would see a gigantic city like 20 feet away from them. Like just literally across the street. I mean, it is the Giza and Cairo is just a massive metropolis across the street. Okay. It's very, very not not out in the desert. Okay. On one side of it, yeah, it looks like it's out in the desert. Yeah. On the other side, there's just a big city. Interesting. So... So you could fly in and stay in Cairo and be like, 
we want to spend 40 minutes going out to seeing the pyramids today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's You're very, not like on a camel for three days. No, no, no. It's very quick and easy to get to. You okay. can walk you to decided your hotel, potentially. You wanted to be on the camel for three days for some reason. Well, just to get the full experience of the slaves. <laughs> I don't think they got to ride the oh, camels. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the $10,000, $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 pyramid, I've got to make it better. Yes. I've got a, I think a really good make it better. Please change the shape. And, and I think, no, I will never change the shape. This oh. is the strongest shape. You okay. know this. Okay. The pyramid is the strongest shape. Also something that you learn from the office when they have the saber tablet. Oh my God, yeah. That's called the pyramid. So on the show, I think, I think this is um, a future change. As we get into a much more digital, customizable age, mm-hmm. I think you should have two ways to watch the show. Because right now, you're watching it, and the giver, they're obviously viewing the, the clue or, mm-hmm. or the answer or whatever it is, and it also pops up on the screen. What if you could choose to watch it without seeing that oh. so that you're guessing along Whoa. with the people? Like, when you watch Jeopardy, you don't see the answer and then just watch people try and guess the answer. You don't know the answer until yeah. somebody gets it right or wrong and they tell you. I would like to be able to watch this show without it showing for me so that I can guess along with the competitors on the show. A play-along situation. Right. It's like when uh, some Disney movies on the DVD, it's got the sing-along version, (laughs) which is what you would watch because you can't understand it. Correct. So it's got the bouncing ball uh, that goes along with all the songs. This would be like if you're watching it on your smart tv or whatever and the show starts and it's like it gives you a little thing do you want to watch with the answers or without the answers and you can say without the answers and you're getting the version where you can guess along you can play along with it so that's not like sometimes like shows like this like this or like password or something like that Mm -hmm. i've tried to play at home by like covering up part of the screen with my hand yeah that i could be a more active participant okay i would like to see that done for me just the hand on the screen. You should you should create a special type of glasses that you put on that have a blocker, right right in that one spot. Right, but you just can't move your head. Correct. Okay. Or maybe you could do what we did in college and just put some black tape on your TV screen, and you can block part of your TV and never see what the answer is. Smart. Is that your only make it better? That yeah, that's my that's my big make it better. Okay, I think, I think it's, it's a good I one. I think it's a good. That's idea. a strong one. I think that's doable, and you know, our uh, it, it's because it's not a significant change of right. the game. It doesn't change anything of them actually playing the game. It's just a production change. Right. And here's the thing: there's a Kimmy Schmidt episode movie that you can choose, choose your, own adventure. your own adventure. That technology is available to Bandersnatch. us. Bandersnatch. Yes, that is also that's the name of the Kimmy Schmidt episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was the that was the original. Bandersnatch was good. That was a weird. I haven't seen it. Or the Kimmy Schmidt episode. Um, It's funny because in the Kimmy Schmidt one, they're doing jokes as the timer is going down for you to choose. Oh, really? It's funny. Yeah, it's not just like a weird pause. I have a couple make it betters. Okay. They have to climb a physical pyramid. Okay. I'm tired of seeing these people just lazy sitting in a chair speaking. I want to see some activity going on. I need some actual... For the children. For the children. Show them that it's okay to climb televisions. Don't be fat. And I think that should flash on the screen every time 
they climb the pyramid. So sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. Very. Uh, so when I was looking up American bandstand stuff and I, was, you, I saw you pull one up on YouTube and watch it for a second. Yeah. When I was watching it, I, the most fun I had was reading the comments oh, no. of people that were like, look at how everybody was thin and didn't have tattoos and mohawks. And like, it was just like old people comments on yeah. YouTube, like get off my lawn. Like, uh -huh. oh, these were the good old days or blah, blah, blah. kids these days. Uh, oh, they'd be humping each other and haven't shown their tattoos and their dyed hair it's disgusting these were these were the days yeah there's so many comments like that on there and it's funny they don't realize that just a generation before them is like the humping to them was your dancing that you so love so much like the charleston was humping yes basically and but it's just formed to actual humping now our, our mating calls have evolved right now it's all pff, monster energy drink and what? Red Bull. And it's like, you just, you, <laughs> you, crack, Those are the days. you crack them open and just a flock of chicks come and they're like, this guy knows one, how to party, two, cares about being awake for things for long periods of time. Yeah. Do you want to mate with somebody who falls asleep no, immediately? I don't. Me I don't. Either. You're right. Yeah. But that's, uh, that was, I, I was, uh, really enjoying the comments of, were they, were there How, back when things were, Oh God, things are so much, no black people lived in my neighborhood. They uh, said that. No. Oh but wow. But honestly, they, we could probably find probably, that comment. They probably there. meant that. Yeah. Um, so I, my make it better. My second make it better is replace Dick Clark with a robot. Wow. If you're going to have a guy or a thing run a show with zero charisma and monotone, Whoa. why don't we just put a fucking robot what in that What if you just place? watched a bad episode or something? I watched multiple episodes, and Dick Clark never had a joke. He smiled maybe twice. All right, they're going to go back to the next one. Okay, and uh, Cheryl, make sure that you speak up. We can't hear you. got to make sure we hear you. Did you know that um, during the taping of those episodes, Dick Clark's wife and son were kidnapped? And being held hostage. The uh, ones that I watched specifically? Yep. And so, so he... He was going through a lot at the time, you know? But Maybe. he still went to work and did his job? Uh, he had to make the money to pay the ransom. How much was it? A million. It wasn't $100,000? No. Was the obvious? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, next one. Um <laughs> I want to do uh, an only offensive words theme. So they have to... Yeah, you would. You would want to do that. Make the And people... I think the people on YouTube comments would love that version <laughs> also. Uh, yeah. It would really pull in all the American Bandstand fans from back in the day. Bandstand fans. Um, you know, and it's cool because there's an, a YouTube episode called American Bandersnatch. And the old people <laughs> get to choose... You, you choose what song plays next. And what race the people are. <laughs> Yeah. Are those your make it betters? Those are my make it betters. <clears throat> Pretty solid. I just, I thought Dick Clark was not a great host. He thought he was not rocking. He was not rocking. What, how many buzzers do you think you would give this program on, in all its incarnations? Honestly, I'm going two and a half. Ooh, two and a half. I just, it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability. I guess rewatchability is not a thing for game show. I guess it is. Like, just the concept itself. Sure. I guess it's fun to watch people play pantomime and, and catchphrase, yeah. but I'll just go to a weird, like, adult party and just do that myself. 
bring uh, but you couldn't for the last year so you had to watch this instead this was to fill in that gap yeah god it they was made longing. this they were like they were like okay well at some point there's going to be a year or so according to steve nobody's gonna <laughs> steve told us there's gonna be a year or so where nobody's allowed to leave their house uh-huh. and so why don't we make this ep- this show for those people and they said well we're gonna have to make a couple thousand episodes to fill all that time and they said all right let's get started now <laughs> That was the that was the impetus concept of the yeah. show. Wow! So I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I mean, honestly, that is generous. I I enjoy it better than you. I've also like I love uh, having lame parties and playing taboo and mm-hmm. things like that. So so that increases the appeal for me. And I would even bump it up to a four. Uh, okay, now we're not. If they implement my make it better and let me play along <laughs> at home, okay, I would enjoy that. Well, we'll see how they respond to this. Uh, the balls are in your the triangles are in, are your, in your court. court. Yes. This has been another episode of Come On Down, the Game Show Podcast and NFT Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, we've got some other stuff in the works right now regarding like Fast and the Furious. I mean, uh, honestly, that's a that great is, tease. that is coming down the pike. So if you guys are big Fast and Furious fans, and I'm not talking about the Obama administration program that provided unregistered firearms to Mexican cartels. <laughs> I'm talking about the film series starring the likes of Paul Walker, rest in peace, rest in power, and Vin Diesel. Right. And I would just like to do a quick <laughs> plug for me. Um, if anybody is feeling kind of down and like they don't have a lot of energy... Uh, I do have a solution. Are you trying to sell Herbalife right I now? I do have a solution. Are you trying to sell Herbalife on the podcast right now? You're being an Herbalife block right now. Uh, <laughs> you do have the option to change your life. And on top of that. All right. We will see you guys next week. Check us out on Instagram at Come On Down Show. Email us at Come On Down Show at gmail.com. And buy Herbalife. Entrepreneurship is a real break free from societal chains, it allows you to be your own boss. Boss bitch, boss bomb. Are we? Do you think we're done at this point? I think so. <laughs> <laughs>